0: Uh, Well, there is no question that now Israel and its government, in light of the most recent elections, is facing one of the more interesting negotiations and one of the more interesting setups or potential setups in recent memory. I don't think, and we'll find out from our guest in a moment, I don't think there has ever been a serious attempt to to bring Arab parties into a ruling or into a majority Israeli government. I don't think until this election, again, our guest will tell me if I'm right or wrong. With us live via telephone from our friends at Torah Stone in Israel is Rabbi Yaakov Nagen. Rabbi Yaakov Nagen is director of the Torah Stone Blickle Institute for Interfaith Dialogue. Rabbi Nagen, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM. Pleasure to be back. Thank you. Am I right about this, that this is really the first serious attempt in Israeli political history to bring Arab parties into a ruling majority government?
1: Okay. Um, I believe you're correct, and I think there's some. This, it's, it's a very exciting issue. Although I feel what's what's truly important goes beyond the political question, polit- politics come and go, but there's a deeper issue here about the relations between the Jews of Israel and the non-Jewish minority, um, and this is an issue that I've been very involved with.
0: Yeah, and there's no question that's an issue we've discussed for decades, as have so many uh, um, uh, Jewish forward discussed for decades. Uh, in terms of that relationship, we we have generally and I know this is a real generalization, but you could give us more specifics. We have generally considered that those uh, members of the Jewish faith in Israel who have had uh, good relationships with members of the uh, Arab minority community in Israel, that generally that relationship was a very good one until we got to a certain point when the Intifadas began when a a a breach of trust uh, was felt to have uh, to have occurred uh and then since then it, there's been an effort although it's been very difficult to repair that relationship is that way too general an analysis of recent jewish arab history
1: um i think that's correct and that the and the question and challenge is understanding why are things changing and part of this change is part of a broader process where the inconceivable becomes possible. Only a few months ago, we woke up to the Abraham Accords, right. something which only um, which we um, a, a real treaties, a real no, warm normalization with Muslim countries. And I think what's so the key to what's happening, what happened then, what's happening now, is that these were connected to the deep identities of the people living in the Middle East. In in the past, the different Peace efforts got names like Oslo or Camp David, which are nothing to do with the identities. Where the Abrahamic Accords touches on the deep identity, saying that Jews and Muslims we have something in common, we have a point of connection. And the same way, this is what's happening now. It's no accident there are four Arab parties in the Israeli Knesset, and it's no accident that it's the is the Islamic party is the one that is talking about um, connecting with with um, with the Jewish country. It's, bec- it's specifically because the evolving understanding of their Islamic identity has it not as in opposition to to Judaism, but creates a, a basis for something in common to bring us together.
0: Rabbi Yaakov Nagin is with us. You know, it's funny, when we did our trip to Dubai, I came back with that message that you just described. Uh, One that I thought was lost on the average, you know, day school Jewish American, Uh, especially in the era recently that, you know, that that this generation grew up in when there was such animosity between uh, Jews and Arabs. and, and, And the only Arabs one heard about was those who were attacking or or, you know, suicide bombing Israelis, frankly. So we brought back the message after our journey that we actually met real people on the quote unquote other side who had deep respect for Jews and Judaism. I don't know if I would have honestly believed it if I didn't see it with my own eyes, and that was the message we brought back. Are you suggesting that that same attitude that we experienced in Dubai um, can be experienced in Israel as well, meaning, meaning that the Muslim members of Arab parties that you just told us about are, are potentially as sincere as the people we met in the UAE?
1: Um, I think in Israel... To be exact, the situation is much more complex, and there are many more problems. Although, but there, but if we wait for a non-complex situation and a situation that has no problems, <laughs> we're never going to get anywhere. Right. So there, so the there are complexities, the effect, um, and but I feel that there's with the complexities and problems, there are also opportunities. Things are on the move, and the question is, what can we do? to um, To accelerate this process. Two weeks ago, for example, before the elections, three weeks ago, I went to visit the high school in Kfar Qasim. Kfar Qasim is the birthplace of the Southern Islamic movement, whose party, Ram, is now under discussion. And the principal of the school is also the Imam, the religious leader of Kfar Qasim. And I was able to see firsthand that the warm respect, it's not just about politics. I came on a day that the students with volunteers during COVID got um, were getting prizes from the school, but they waited till I sh- I came to do the ceremony, and one by one, the students um, had their photos with me. Um, the imam of Karkas, who was 3,000 people who comes to his lecture in the mosque, told me that after the murder of Esther Hordan, he devoted his lecture to uh, condemning, condemning that... Heinous crime um, and challenging is the people there to say how could this possibly be the will of God? The problem is bad things are all true, but what we neglect is their their positive developments also. And the, and in this complexity, we have to not ignore the negative parts, um, connections to people that are connected to terror and terrorism. But if we see everything's black and white, we'll miss the opportunities to. To help in a process which I think could ultimately lead us the way that the Abrahamic accords um, something real, so too within Israeli society.
0: Well, I hear what you're saying. Rabbi Yaakov Dagit is with us, directs the uh, Orator Stone Blickle Institute for Interfaith Dialogue. Um, it, I, I need to know an answer, though, to the, to the following, and that is that and and. and and one of your great leaders, Rabbi Riskin, made a point of this in the 1980s and maybe even you know, later than that, more recent than that, and that was to try to actually forge real relationships, real friendly relationships with Arab neighbors. right? He, he, he made that well-known, and we, I, I respected him for that. I would hope everybody listening respected him for that. But then even he described that when the Intifada began and the Oslo Accords and everything else that we spoke about, Uh, that relationship became frayed, and that relationship became much more difficult to maintain. My question to you now in 2021, someone who makes that effort with Arab neighbors, do they have more potential, or is the animosity still as great as it was 20 years ago, and it's almost impossible to proceed?
1: Well, first of all, I'd like to share with you three words which captures a whole worldview, which Riskin was talking about. And these three words I learned actually in a conference in Amman, Jordan, that we had representatives from every country in the Middle East. Um, Connection before correction. Connection before correction. We have so many feelings that there's so much to correct on the other side, and they also have their issues. But to realize the way to overcome that is through connection. So I think we were in the, the Intifada. There was a real war. There was Arafat there. Um, I live in Otniel, which is in the southern hills of Hebron. Right. We were one of the hardest right. hit communities during the Intifada. Correct. Um, but but I see that um, there are other currents, and and I and I feel I've been involved with the interfaith with Judaism and Islam for fifteen years. And I see um, it's growing exponentially in terms of the people involved and the type of the discourse. So you have to be an insider. You have to know who's the friend and who's the enemy you have, um, and see the complexities. But I feel ultimately we're not saying to let our guard down. We're, right. not, we're saying to look for more connection and personal people-to-people connection. And also one thing which we focus on in our new institution is going back to the roots. Islam in the Quran overall is a very positive view of the Jewish people. We're called Kitab, the people of the book, and who are given the Torah by God. Moshe, Moses is mentioned hundred and thirty five times in the Quran, where Muhammad is mentioned four times. So a lot of it is is finding ways to going back to the sources to rebuild um, a connection which which um with through politics and other issues, has often been lost. So I feel it's it's not just doing, it's, it's going back to our right. identities as Jews and Muslims. You s- this could be the game changer. You, you I s- think that's, that is not what happened earlier. You
0: said connection before um, before correction. I'm, I'm thinking also one might add communication before correction. Uh, I mean, one one and the same, but, uh, you know, again, uh, we, we need to emphasize how important communication is because that's where it all starts, and I'm sure it's exactly what you mean by that. Well,
1: I think that's a great point. So maybe we didn't all three of them, because I think for <laughs> communication, um, the all see the three Cs, connection, <laughs> exactly. communication, and connection. Because to have good communications, if people feel connected as people, they'll be able to really listen to one another. The impotent for, uh, for really listening to each other and hearing the other person's story is because we're disconnected. If we have that feeling of... Of, that this, of, of something shared a personal connection will be much more open to hear hear the the problems and the pain on the and and I, I think the connection will lead to the communication and the communication will learn to uh lead to correction. now i have to go back to Amon jordan to share your addition with all the uh, participants <laughs> there
0: <laughs> thank you i appreciate that bisham umro i beg you uh, finally rabbi nagin um if we're going to 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 assume, uh, and based on your presentation, I do assume that you feel that the uh, that that there is great hope that there are changing viewpoints and that Israelis, uh, hopefully in general, understand the importance of of beginning to relate or continuing to relate to the Arab minority in the way you described. Is this something that's officially part of our Torah Stone curriculum? Uh, I mean, does your department address high schoolers and? older students on these issues of interfaith um
1: um, um, th- um yes we started this year but this is part of um um rabbi brender um, founded two new organizations feeling that one of the great issues of our time is what is the relationship between the jewish people to humanity as a whole right. and feeling part of medinat yisrael is a, we need a vision, and part of the vision is issues. How do we relate to our minorities? How do we govern our, our foreign relations? So as a result, um, he began our institution, and this is our first year, but we're creating materials and sources, um, and to ultimately part of the, the, um, the curriculum studies to feel that we should be at the cutting edge of this vision for the Jewish people, which so much is discussed in the book of the profits of the VM to make this into a reality. So I'm very grateful to ortura Stone and to Rabbi Brander for leading us on this issue.
0: Very interesting. Hey, if it wasn't a difficult topic, it wouldn't take such uh, a tremendous work uh, to get to the eventual goal. Nothing like this is easy, that's for sure. Rabbi Yaakov Nagin, Director of ortura Stone's Blickla Institute for Interfaith Dialogue. I thank you for joining us and our best regards to everybody at ortura Stone. Thank you so much. It was great being back. Tuesday morning broadcast. You're listening to JM in the AM. Mm.